by him this week as well. It has been a blessing. It has been a blessing. We thank you for, uh, for all that you've ministered to us this week, and we pray uh, one more time, right? Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Uh, we thank you for Tim. We thank you for uh, his, uh, his church being able to send him on loan to us for this week. We thank you for the way that you've ministered through him this week, the way that you've uh, challenged us, convicted us, that you've instructed us, uh, that you've encouraged us through him. We just pray for this evening tonight, Lord, that you would continue to bless him, bless him with uh, the strength of voice to, to share one more message, bless him with uh, uh, the strength of body to deliver us, bless him with the strength of mind to articulate well, Lord, and, and the strength of spirit, Lord, that, uh, that he might be guided by you, that he might be sensitive to your leading, even in the midst of the message, Lord. I just pray uh, that you would be... Um, speaking to us through him this evening, Lord, and, uh, and bless him for his service here this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Jeff, thank you so much for calling them out, because if you hadn't, I was going to. Oh, my gosh, what a blessing you two have been. And um, one of my favorite gifts that I've gotten this week has my little button for your camp bird, your official camp bird, your official camp bird. Y'all know what your official camp bird is? It's a skeeter, yeah, it's a skeeter, and um, that's what we call them in Kentucky, skeeters, and uh, y'all's are a little bit bigger than ours in Kentucky, uh, y'all's are about the size of a, like a loon, like a lake loon or something, um, so uh, I tell you, I, I gotta say, uh, and um, uh, Yoder, what's your Sam? Sam, dude, I've been to like a whole bunch of camps, and um, the camps, and Jeff, you need to hear this, the camps that we, I've been to, they draw people to them. Pretty well. I don't think I've been to a camp yet that I knew that has sent people out. And I think you told me that first, I think the first time that we were kind of hanging out, uh, you were, we were talking about this, and I'm thinking, what? Y'all like take Bayshore out. And again, I don't know, I don't know of too many camps. I've done a, a, a pretty good handful of camps here lately, and I don't, know that, I don't know that there's camps that do that. That's amazing, and that is the gospel, and that's the commission. That's the Great Commission. So awesome, awesome stuff. So um, so tomorrow uh, you all are leaving, right? See what I did that? Tomorrow you all are leaving. I'm here. Pam comes at three with a U-Haul. So uh, Jesse, right? Me and Jesse are going to si – we're going Sasquatch hunting. We're going Bigfoot hunting. We're going Bigfoot hunting uh, up in the Bigfoot Reserve, wherever that is. You say you know where that's at? I went home and searched that. I couldn't find it. So I did. I went home and searched that sucker. So you'll have to take me. So, so I, okay, I got serious. You know I'm serious about it. At some point in time, I'm going to hook you up, and we are going to go look for Bigfoot at that reserve. I guarantee we will. I'm not, you can mark that down. You can mark that down. Guys, um, I'm so serious. Um, to be loved, for, for someone like me to feel as loved as I have felt this week, I, I really, you know, I grew up in a home that I didn't feel that love. I, and I'm no pity at all, nothing, but just the reality, I didn't feel that love. I didn't hear the love. Uh, not a single person in my entire history that I remember ever said the words, I'm proud of you. Not a single time did I remember hearing that. And very, very, very seldom, very seldom did I hear the words, I love you. Very seldom. And that was all the way till, uh, into like 20s. Guys, 20s, like now I'm already kind of like formed, right? I'm already got, I've got all these ideas about my identity and who I am. And, you know, num my number one identity at that point is what? Unloved. Come on. 
And, and, and so to come into a camp, and I just, this is like the most precious, one of the most precious weeks I've ever spent. I just need to brag on y'all a little bit. I'm not, I'm not, and this is kind of a little bit more spiritual than just simply thanks for the sweet tea. Thanks for the rocks. Thanks for my yacht. You sniff somebody's hair and they give you a yacht. If y'all remember, I sniffed his hair when I was hovering over his head and sniffed his hair. So I got a yacht. I've got a, I mean, I've got, I got somebody's been delivered. I got ice cream and brisket. Somebody or somebody delivered some gift to me. I, won't, I don't know who or what. I, I just, I have a gift uh, on my porch. Uh, I've got more stuff I'm taking home than I came here with. But more, but more importantly, guys, I, 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 I've never, I, I, I can also, I'm telling you this, Kendall, I don't know if I have felt more loved in a, in a, in a ministry setting than I have this week. And that's pretty special. You know what God is? Come on, guys, you know what God is? God is what? God is love. And, and when you, and so here's, I have a question for you, Jeff, you cannot answer this question because you'll answer it correctly, don't do it. Uh, but I have a question for you, and your answer will be no, okay? So just know that the answer is no. But no one else, everyone else can answer, Jeff. No, psh, uh, and so everyone else answer the question no, all right? So just help me out. Just Does anybody, have you, do you treat all guest evangelists this same way? So I'm special, right? Okay, 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 okay. Because I told Jeff, Jeff said, yeah, pretty much, like, I love you guys so much. Oh my gosh! Seriously, I'm gonna I'm gonna tear up tonight probably, and I know I'm gonna cry as I pull out tomorrow. I, I'm serious. I just um, yeah, I, I don't want to leave, but I got to, and y'all got to, and but I'll be back. I can almost guarantee it. I'll be back. All right, I'll be back. Huh? With yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. I gotta go find Bigfoot. Yeah, I gotta go find Bigfoot. Huh? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. Jeff waves, Jeff waves, yeah. All right, here's the latest installment. Last installment and latest installment. For those who are maybe, uh, uh, if you just, for the first time here tonight, uh, Teresa Blight is a member of my church. She's part of the 50 people who've been praying for you and me all week long. Uh, there's 50 people who've been praying for us all week long, praying for me, praying for you all, praying for salvations, praying for moments of Holy Spirit awareness and divine uh, interventions, divine healings. They've been praying for all. I mean, we've got them scattered all, all throughout. They pray throughout the night. They pray in the mornings. And so Teresa Blight is one of those people. And uh, she was the one, remember, she, she was uh, five years ago, I think it was six years ago, she was a what? A bouncer at a tequila bar in Miami, Florida, all right? And um, now I have to tell you, I think she put her teeth in on this one, but one time she didn't have her teeth in, and it was kind of hard. I, I have to remind her, Teresa, put your teeth in, okay? Um, but I think she did. You're going to love this one. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to like, I'm listening to like, oh, Teresa, but you're going to love it. So here we go. Here, this is, this is Teresa Blight's latest and last uh, uh, love note to Bayshore. Here we go. Good morning, Palenza. I'm hanging up and starting again. Good morning, Upper UP in Michigan. I have just a few facts for you, not many. We're hitting the bottom of the barrel now. 
Dillinger uh, were reported to vacation in the Upper Peninsula. Uh, you can stand anywhere in the state of Michigan and only be 85 miles from any of the Great Lakes. I think that's a good one. I like that one. Vendor's ginger ale was the first soda made in the U.S. And also, the Upper Peninsula is home to 350 bird species, including, including the rare Kirkland wobbler. Wobble, wobble, wobble. Wobble, wobble, wobble. Woo, 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 woo. Love you. Bye. We love her. She's a nut, but we love her. Uh, I, I, I debated whether I was going to play the warble, 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 but I thought, you know, that's all Teresa right there. So uh, I kept having to remind her. I told her, I said, I'm in the thumb. She said, you hurt your thumb? I said, no, I'm in the thumb. She said, well, take care of your thumb. I said, never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> I tried to explain to her, your left hand, and yeah, so anyway. So all right, here we go. We got three words tonight. That's it. We got three words. We're going to finish Romans 8. And, uh, and then we're going to be it. That's it. We're going to hope to kind of go out with a, uh, a, a challenge, but also an encouraging word, I hope. And so here's the three words that I want to give you. Just three words, all right? Number one. Here it is. First one, all right? Convincing. Help me say that. Convincing. 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 Say that again. Convincing. Second word. Second word. Here we go. Second word. Confidence. Somebody say confidence. Confidence. Somebody say confidence. What's the first word? What's the second word? Third word. What is it? Oh, wait. I haven't given it to you yet. Conqueror. Conqueror. Three C's. Three C's. First word. Second word. Third word. I'm 37 years old, and I'm praying in my prayer room in Greensburg, Indiana, when I believe the Lord clearly told me I was to run a triathlon. I was 37 years old, Melissa, when I clearly believe I heard the Lord say, you are to run a triathlon. Now, some of you might think, well, the Lord wouldn't tell you what to do with silly things like that, right? Do how many things to the glory of God? Do how many things to the glory of God? How many things, Jesse? So when we find Bigfoot, we're doing it for the glory of God. Amen? Do how many things to the glory of God? All things. So I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm listening. I think I hear the Lord, Kendall, say, you are to do a triathlon. And, and, and so here I am, 37 years old. Here's, oh, here's the twist. I heard the Holy Spirit, Dean. Yes, say to me, I want you to do a triathlon when you turn 50. That's what I heard. <laughs> yeah, I got time to train, and hopefully maybe the Lord will forget what he said at age 37. I've been running. I've run, and I've biked, and I've done things like that, Dominic, but a triathlon. I'm not a triathlete, and we're supposed to do a triathlon. And so, so, so 37 years old, I hear the word, I think, I hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, <laughs> the Lord you shall do, there you sh thou shalt do a triathlon at age 50. 
So 13 years, you know, and so we lived life, and, and I was in Greensburg, and then about age 40 or so, uh, moved to uh, Corden, Indiana from her sample, and honestly, I forgot about it. Honestly, it was in a journal. I'd written it down, and I'd forgotten about it. I just kind of stuck it away and said, you know, I'll just kind of leave it hanging out there, and, and, and I just really kind of forgot. Around 47 or 48, when I was around about that age, it's, uh, I was flipping through my journal, and there, sure enough, Kind of has the Holy Spirit might kind of remind me, oh, about 10 years ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you'll do a triathlon when you're 50. Okay. So finally, about about 48, maybe 49, I kept thinking about that word. But guys, I needed, what's the first word? Convincing. I needed convincing. I was not sure about this. This is kind of a weird word. Guys, this is a weird word. I mean, come on. This isn't. A, there's no Bible verse that's going to back up a triathlon at age 50. There isn't. There just isn't. And so I'm, I'm praying about this, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I don't know if this is even you. Is this just kind of, but it's kind of weird because it wasn't me. There's nothing in me that wanted to do a triathlon. You know why? I can't swim. Anybody know what a triathlon is? It has three parts of a sporting event. The first one is the swim. The very first one is the swim. And then there's the bike, and then there's the run. And so I could do a bike. I could do a run. I can't. Guys, I have floated five times in my entire life. Five. Five times I've been to the Holy Land. Five times I've stepped into the Dead Sea. You know what floats in the Dead Sea? Everything. I can't float. I sink straight down. I know I've had all the advice in the world, do this, do that, do this. Guess what? I'm still doing it at the bottom of the pool or the bottom of the lake. I sink like a rock. I can't float. I just can't. And so so I, I'm thinking this can't be from the Lord. This just can't be from the Lord. And so about age 48 or 49, I'm beginning to really need some convincing. And through a series of events, through a series of conversations, I realized, doggone, this might just be God. And I'm thinking there now, there's this kind of dread now, thinking, I don't know how to even. So I, I asked, uh, see, we, uh, uh, Firmer Chapel had partnered with a YMCA for years, uh, doing some children's ministries there. And, and so Roger Corley was the CEO, and Roger and I played racquetball together. I said, Roger, I don't know how to swim. And I think God is telling me to do a triathlon. Can you help me out? So he hooked me up with some free swimming lessons, all right? And so I had swimming lessons for a couple of months. And, and so I was training. I was began to start training thinking, okay. But it wasn't real serious. But I said, you know, I'm going to have to at least do something so I don't die. I mean, it would be really bad if I died on the first leg of this triathlon. So I'm training, and I finally I meet somebody while I'm swimming. And they're telling me about their triathlete experience, and I feel like the Lord is confirming. So finally, about 49 and a half, six months before I was supposed to do this endeavor, my birthday is May the 11th, and the, and the triathlon that I looked at was the very first weekend of August. Actually, this past week is my, what, sixth anniversary, eighth anniversary of surviving. And uh, surviving. And so, yeah, and... Um, and so, so finally, I was, first word, first word, convinced. I was finally convinced that I was supposed to run 
and, and participate and compete in a triathlon. I was convinced finally. So now i got to get serious about training. I'm 49 and a half years old. I am just about five. This is coming up to January, uh, and, and, and when I'm about going to turn 50, and I don't know anything really about this triathlon. So I start getting books. I buy some books. I, I, I find uh, – I actually get a trainer to help me uh, uh, with my diet. Uh, I drop about 35 pounds just, get just in training and, and to get ready for this triathlon. Uh, I start doing what they call bricks. Anybody know what bricks are besides the bricks that you think of when I say bricks? Bricks are double workouts. And so, so what you have to do to get ready for this thing, you don't ever do a full triathlon until the day of the triathlon. You just do bricks. So, for instance, Matthew, you would do a series of runs with biking. The next day you would do maybe just swimming. Then you would pair up swimming with running. Then you would do the next day just biking. So those two workouts together are called bricks. And so here's a, and I thought it was appropriate because when I swim, I'm a brick. I go right down. And so I'm going to tell you, there's some fear here. There's some fear. And so I still was, I, I was finally convinced that I think this is from the Lord. But guess what I needed? Guess what I needed during the training? Guess what I needed during the training? Confidence. 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 I needed confidence, Michelle, because now I'm trying to swim, and guys, it was not going well. The guys that were helping me try to train me and swimming and teach me, I mean, I can, I can like, not drown. I mean, I, when you put me in water, I can not drown for about five minutes. I mean, I can, and I had this um, a moment. I was at Barron River Resort State Park in Kentucky. I was probably eight, nine years old. My older brother, um, uh, Michael, uh, is, uh, was about 11, I think. And uh, there's the buoys, you know, and there's the rope. And so, you know, I'm, as a boy, I'm like, you, I want to, you, you know where I want to go, right? Past the buoy, past the rope. So I'm kind of looking around. I feel like my mom and dad up there, they're kind of sleeping. And I don't see nobody. So I kind of I take the rope and whoop. And I kind of like, I don't know. Why is there, there was. <laughs> Praise God, I had hair then. Because my brother had been cut in half. I thought somebody literally yanked me up with my hair. He literally saved me from drowning. I couldn't, I had to like live and do his chores for a year because he saved my life. You know, it's horrible. It's horrible. But he saved my life. And, and so I can't, I couldn't swim, can't float. I'm doing swim lessons. So I needed some confidence. So I get some books and I start reading. And, and, and finally, about around January, February, the Lord said, okay, I want you to now start doing a sermon series in your church called Training for the Lord. And I want you to apply the training you're doing and apply it to every Sunday. And I want you to preach in t-shirts, shorts, and tennis shoes. Praise God for a church that loved me enough to be okay with that. Amen? Not every church is okay with that. And so I walk in and I tell uh, the folks, hey, guys, this is Mrs. Sibley, Mrs. Sibley. The triathlon was awesome. And so now the training now has to start. So training really needs to start about six months before. And now we are about right about six months out, February through July with this training. And right before the triathlon, you've got to take at least a week off so there's no uh, – like a week before the actual event, you can't train. You gotta, you gotta, and you can't, like, eat or anything a whole lot, but you cannot – 
do a whole lot of workout because you just don't have anything left when you're in, in, in the triathlon. So, so I'm doing all this uh, training. I'm also doing all this preaching. We do this Bible study. We do this uh, video series. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's like it's like it goes kind of viral. It's kind of crazy. And because I'm just some nobody pastor from Kentucky, I'm just training for not to die. That's what I'm just training not to die. And but I've got a little bit of confidence in swimming because now I actually know this. That's a big deal for me, guys. Look at that. That's good form. Come on. And uh, I learned how to cut into the water with the tongue, you know. And then I learned how to backstroke just in case I was dying in the in the in in, in the freestyle. And and so uh, and so I'm getting ready. I'm reading books. Uh, I've got a chiropractic friend who is seeing me every week. Uh, Chris Bach, a beautiful, wonderful man of God, and he's popping my back and getting me limber and all this because I'm turning 50, guys. I turned 50 in May. I get really serious about that training now in June and July, and I've got this last few weeks, all right, last few weeks. Here it is. Pam and I, we go to Indianapolis. It's the Indianapolis Triathlon. There's different stages. I, I did. I felt like I was supposed to sign up for the Olympics. It was the Olympic Link Triathlon. <laughs> I don't even know, guys. <laughs> don't even know. So I signed up for this thing, and it's Friday night, and I go, and I'm looking at the staging areas, and, and again, it's swim, it's bike, it's, it's run, and I'm looking, 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 and I'm thinking, okay, whew, okay, so, so, so I got to do this. I got this plane in my mind, you know, and, and I feel lean. I'm a lean, mean sinking machine right now. That's what I feel like. And so I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And um, that night I was a little nervous, right? And we eat out. We, of course, any kind of race, any kind of event, I had to, I, you, you want to you fill up on pasta. So I, carbs and, and pasta. So we went to Olive Garden or something. We got some carbs and in me and all that. And I went and put the bike where it's supposed to be and all this. And we swam in the canal. And then the canal opened up into Eagle Creek Reservoir. And then it was a it was a one mile swim. It was a six k, uh, a ten k, six uh, yeah six mile, six mile, yeah ten k, ten k, six miler and a run. And then it was uh, a, a, well the second part was a twenty five mile bike ride. So. So that's that's the length of the uh, of the race. So, so that next morning, about four o'clock in the morning, I wake up with the sorest throat I've ever had in my life. And it turned out later, I realized I had a fever, about a hundred, and I realized I had strep throat. Strep throat. On the day of my race, I've been training for honestly, I've been training for thirteen years in some sense, you know, ready for this moment, right? And I don't know what God's going to do with it. I just know that God told me at age 37, do it. So I tell Pammy, I'm going to go, and if I die, I die. I die for my country. I die for my God. I die for the kingdom. And so anyway, so we go, and, and uh, the race, you guys will be there, seven, check in, get your number. Uh, they mark you up because just in case, I think they lose you in the water, they need to know. They actually put, like, uh, fluorescent numbers on you just so that you can, they can see you if, like, you start stinking. And so they were telling me that. I was like, good, good, confidence. What did I need to feel? Confidence. So, okay, so here we go. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Day race, well, on the day of the race, there's just hours. It's just really an hour from it. So here we go. And, and, and so I've been training, and, and, and so I've got, I've, I've, been, uh, I've got some confidence now because I've been training, all right? I was convinced, obviously, long ago that this was the day. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but if I'm going to do something, come on, Seth, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to conquer it. Amen? 
Come on, I'm going to conquer this thing. There is no quitting with me. I'm not jumping out because I got a sore throat. I'm not. I'm thinking I've got to finish this thing. I'm going to conquer this. Amen? So, in the swim, there's 850 people that signed up for this thing. They cast their eight fishes. So they have like corrals where you jump into the, the, the you jump into the, 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 the river, the canal. And you got to jump in at a certain moment. And they put me in like the middle. I'd heard stories about the swim. You know what I heard? I heard that when you start swimming, all these people are flailing in their arms. And guess what? They hit you. And when they get, you got, you, if you're not a strong swimmer, you might kind of get taken under. So here's what happened. Without, the, without anybody kind of knowing it, they put me in one of these stalls, right? And I got kind of in the middle. I kept, wait, go ahead. This is important. No, no, go ahead. I was being very polite. I was a very polite coward at that moment. I was like, no, 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 go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No kidding, seriously. I got in the very last stall. I was the 850th person to get in the water on purpose because I did not want people flailing and hitting me, right? And so I get in the water, and I make the canal okay uh, partly because you can stand up in the canal, okay? I mean, I knew because as I'm swimming, you can kind of see it. Okay, I'm okay. But when it hits the open water, whoo, not okay at all. And there's a little bit of fear and trepidation, and I kind of you almost forget. I, I did every stroke known to mankind to finish this swim. I did every stroke, and I made up a couple I know I did. And uh, and there were lifeguards in boats following me, right? There were lifeguards in boats following me. And so here I'm swimming and breaststroking. That's the word means like a breaststroke. I don't know why, like a dog paddle stroke. And I'm like trying to like, whew, you know, side stroke. I don't know. I'm just doing everything I can. I hit. And at one, of the, at one point, at one point in the boat, the lifeguard said, hey, are you okay? I said, I'm just not part of a conversation right now. I don't want to have any kind of conversation with you right now. And so, so I said, I'm okay. I'm going to make it. I'm okay, okay. And so she asked me about 60 times, and she finally kind of let me alone. Praise Jesus. I'm standing with you tonight, which is evidence of what? I did not die. So I get to the shore. I get to the shore. I don't know what's going on. I don't think I was having those days of the swim. I think I was having hard times a little bit. I think I got my wetsuit on. I think I got my, I got my wetsuit on. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So maybe I shouldn't have come and tried to get this guy in. I am absolute last man in the water. I am absolute last man. I am the last. There are no Except one. Everybody, every person had a 49-minute canal life to conquer. Except one person. I don't know where I was. I was going the wrong way. I signed up for the swim. I know the swim happened crazy. Sweetheart. Sweetheart. Moment, it's just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm just going to go with the flow. So I get up. 
I don't know where I'm at. I'm dizzy. I can't breathe. I just sit down. And, and I'm just sitting there. And Pam can't come to me because there's a gate. Uh, they, they got it all blocked off. And, and if I want to quit, I can quit right there. But I just sat down. And I hear my wife again, the voice of God, sweetheart. I hear, God, I hear Pam saying, sweetheart, you got to get on the bike. And I had to put some shoes on and, and, and put some shorts on. I had to get like a you know, over-the-wetsuit. So you got to like finally, I don't even know how, but it was 20 minutes I was in that staging area. I started biking. Now it gets fun. <clears throat> because in southern Indiana, we got something that Indianapolis don't have. Hills, baby. Guess what I've been training on for months? Hills. Up and down and up and down. I start passing the first one. And the second one. And the thirtieth one. And the hundredth one. I am Lance Armstrong, baby. I am going to win this Tour de France. I am, I am, I am passing everybody. And I'm like, literally, I got my helmet on and my seat up, and I'm like, ah! and I'm like going, and I'm just, sli- I'm just sliding past people. And I literally am thinking, at four seconds, I'm going to win. <laughs> no, 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 for just a second, I thought I was going to win the whole thing. This is the moment. This is the moment. This is the moment. 
I'm running. Finish line is like the goal, right? That, that's the finish line. They got this big, they got music blaring. I see my wife. I see, I see this big, and she says, finish. And I'm here. I'm going to finish it, though. So I run up and trip her. No, I don't trip her. She is, she's just like, here she, here's her run, here's her run, here's her run. This is her running. Here's me running. And then the cramps up the thigh. story. I see the 77-year-old woman cross the finish line before me. She crosses. She bends over. She touches. She turns around. And she says, do you need help, honey? Somehow walk to my wife. I said, How are you? She goes, Well, I'm just letting you out. <laughs> I got to rub down as quick as I could. I went to the medical tent. I said, I'm not dying. Just tell me if I'm dying because I feel like I'm dying. I got rubbed out and, and we stayed there. We drank Gatorade. At the end of the race, uh, uh, they started posting and we stayed there all day. And we were supposed to come back in just a little bit for the results. And they posted results as they got them, right? And so I went to this, uh, this the, uh, the posting area, and there's this 77-year-old woman right there next to me as I walked up. Hey, how are you doing? She said, how are you doing? I said, I'm good. She finished. See, we're looking. She finished 458. I finished 459 out of 850. But it gets better. Listen, I'm talking to her. She said, you look like you were struggling, honey. No, I'm not struggling. I'm dying. She said, well, the only reason I finished this race was because I finished first in the swim. She had trained for the Olympics when she was 15, 16, 14. Now, she didn't make the Olympics, but she went to Olympic trials pretty strong. She finished first in all age divisions in the swim. I finished what? Last. And we met in the middle. What are three words again? First word. First word. What is it? Convinced. Second word. Confidence. Third word. 
Let us take a look at what Paul may have to say about these three words real quick. Look at this right here. Look at this. Romans 8. Let's finish Romans 8. What shall we say about such wonderful things that we just learned this week? What should we say about the fact that the Holy Spirit of the living God lives inside of us? What should we say that, that God's very resurrection power lives and dwells within us? What in the world should we say if God be for us? Who can be against us? Come on, guys. Verse 32. Look at it says, verse 32. Move on. Since he did not spare even his own son, but he gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? This good and gracious and incredible God. Come on, guys. In verse 33, it says this. Look at this. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen his own? How many is going to accuse us? No one, it says. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Next verse, 34. Who then will condemn us? How many are supposed to condemn us? No one. Why? For Christ Jesus died for us and were raised to life for us. And he is sitting at the place upon God's right hand. And he is pleading for us. I'm going to tell you, if there's any passage that tells me I should be confident in my faith, it's that one right there. Who is for me? God is for me. Who is for you? God is for you. You can be confident of that. Somebody say confident. Confident. You can be confident of that. You can be confident that God is for you. God is with you. I'm on the phone with my twins' sister tonight or today before this afternoon, and I'm talking to her, and she's going through some really hard stuff. My twin sister's name is Pam. My wife's name is Pam. Our three kids, Pam, Pam, Pam. And so, so it's just easy to remember. Pam! And so, so my twin sister's calling me, and she's going through a really, really hard time. And she says, you just got to believe that God's disappointed in this. Do you really believe that God's disappointed in this? I really hope that you leave here tonight, and you don't walk out of here with an improper understanding of God's desire your confidence doesn't come in the fact that you can sink or swim. Your confidence doesn't come in the fact if you start first or finish last or finish in the middle. Your confidence does not come in any earthly thing you have. Your confidence has a spirit-filled, blood-bought believer in Christ, Dominic, is on in Christ alone. God is for you, not against you. A whole bunch of us have this idea around the world of, of somehow God's mad at us, Adam, or God's going to strike us dead or strike us down, or he's waiting for us to fail, or he's waiting us to, to kind of like make fun of us again because we, we're not going to do it right, and, and we don't walk in confidence. The one thing I would just pray, Jimmy, for this, this bay shore that I have grown to love so much, that you would continue to walk in confidence. I didn't say cockiness. I didn't say arrogance. I said confidence. Confidence because it's not about you. It is all about God. And he gives you that power. And guess who reminds you of all this? The Holy Spirit. Guess who reminds you that God is for you, not against you? If God be for me, who can be against me? That is confidence. Pray that you would be filled with that confidence. I pray that you would be filled with that confidence. Because of Christ, the living hope, living within you. Look what Paul continues to say. Look at this, verse 35. Can anything ever separate us? 
from Christ's love. Come on. Does it mean does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? We found this out Wednesday. We were reminded of this Wednesday when we understood that Paul is saying our suffering does not mean that we're abandoned by God or that we've done something wrong. Our suffering is to make us tougher Christians and give God glory. Amen? Our suffering, we turn God's, we turn suffering over to God. So does it mean because we're suffering that God's left us? Amen? Does it mean that? No. It does not mean that. It does not mean that God has left you because something happened. I, I, I did a ministry in Guatemala for years with Luis and the family. And, and it was a crazy. They would come out. They wanted to be anointed. And, and they wanted to be powerful people of God. And we were talking about what anointing means. And they said, no, no, we want, we want riches and fame and health. I said, that's not anointing. I am concerned. Mike Brown, I think, had to leave. But I'm concerned. We have a ministry uh, in Japan. And one of our mission outposts is in Japan. And one of the scary things about Japan, you heard this seven, and it's really hard to break. We've been trying to break through the walls of Japan for four or five years now. Very, very little fruit so far. You know why? You know why? You know why? Many people in Japan want to be just like Americans. We're trying to tell them, don't be Christians first. Be Christians in Japan. They want to they want to be secular people. They want to they want material things. They want they want to to live this this somehow this dream. And I, we tell them, no, 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 no. We understand this idea of American dream. But but and that's not bad. It's just not necessarily gospel. The gospel is something about surrender your life and and lay down your life and pick up your cross and and, and be crucified. And so we're trying to teach them this. But even in the midst of that, can we be absolutely, guys, can, can we know that God is for us? Yes, that's what Paul says. Look, look at verse 36. As the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. Now remember, this is, this is Romans, and this is in the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire, and this is where Paul is teaching. The context is where people are dying every left and right day. Every day, left and right, they're dying. Verse 37, y'all know this verse. Come on, say it together. No, in all these things, we are, come on, guys, more than conquerors through him who loved us. There's your other C word. You're a conqueror. You're a conqueror. No, 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 no. You're not a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. Why is that? Let me tell you why you're more than a conqueror. When the word conqueror is used in this Roman letter, this epistle to Rome, Paul knows that the context is in the Roman gladiators. Come on. In this culture, there were gladiators, and they would fight to the death in the arenas, in the Colosseums, right? And three, they would, they would fight, and they would, they would fight animals and each other. And they would try to, and the winners were always like elevated. The winners were like, were like almost like demigods. They were superstars. They were this is why you have movies of gladiators today, because their, 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 their fame is renowned. So when Paul uses this word, he's saying, no, those demigods, those, those superheroes, they got nothing on the one who lives inside of you. Oh, church, we are more. 
can never be defeated. We can never be defeated. We can never be defeated. Oh, we may die. We may try to do a triathlon and swim and die. But you will not be defeated. You cannot be defeated. You cannot. Why? Why? Because you are more than a conqueror. Come on, guys. Right? And the Holy Spirit is the one who's supposed to remind us of this. The Holy Spirit is the one who's supposed to teach us. The Holy Spirit is the one who's supposed to make sure that we understand this over and over and over and over and over and over again. We're more than conquerors. I'm trying to live it like a revival study this week. Guys, we have got to make sure that we in the Christian church circle, we don't do anything to make people feel less than. When we preach or when we discourage, Travis said like a detoxing people feel, when we get into theological debates about all kinds of things, a lot of lifestyle, gender, a lot of transgender stuff happens a lot in the church, right? Come on, guys. And while we know what the Bible teaches, there is a living, breathing person on the other side of that conversation.
nothing, nothing, nothing can ever separate me from God's love. Nothing can separate me. Not death, not even life, not angels, not demons, not, not, not lies or fears or today, tomorrow, worries tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate me from the love of God. I'm convinced of that. Verse 39, he wraps up with what he says. No power in the sky above, no power in the earth below. Indeed, no power, nowhere, no thing can ever separate me from the love of God that is revealed to me in Jesus Christ my Lord. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm convinced of that. So that that year of Jubilee kind of feel in that sense of that sense of that that I I'm going to finish at age 50. I'm going to get to the place where 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 I am going to be convinced that my God can can is able to to love me regardless, and there's nothing going to separate me from that. And that I'm going to grow in my confidence in the Lord, and that I'm going to be more than a conqueror in everything I face. Guys, it's a mindset. Guess who the author of the mindset is? The Holy Spirit. heaven, you and I could lack confidence, convincement, or an ability to utterly depend We have to persevere. At mile five, when the first test prep came, I still didn't even think about quitting. But when that second test prep came, I guarantee I thought, okay, I'm almost there. I'm good. But there's a Bible verse that you all know. There's a couple of them about finishing the race. 
you are really clear about what it is that Christ needs to be allowed to receive. You know the only way it's given is grace? Freely. It's the only way you can finish well. Guys, I love you so much. I just I want to pray for these three things for you. something that kind of helps me mold it, then somehow I, I, I know, you know, I just, I just make it super fast and say, you know, what's on it? I mean, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do it well. You know, listen, I, I feel like I just want to pray with you this morning. Because there's three things that I think none of us have done that none of us have done all the time. We've, we've done that all the time. Remember Sunday, that worship officer that actually called me over last week? Wasn't that beautiful? No, no music, that might be silent, but <laughs> guys, it feels like it's been like a few weeks that it's it's gone by and like a day's worth. I think we've done something like 26 worship songs. I think it's crazy. I want to pray those three things for you. I want to do that today. I want to pray those three things for you. I want to pray that you would grow and that you are convinced, that you are convinced that God is really after your soul. But let me ask you this. Christian atheist, he wants you to go all in. I pray in this day and story that not only my friends, but you only would be convinced, but that you would be confident. Anybody want to be more confident in the Lord? I said, anybody want to be more confident in the Lord? More confident in what you're hearing from the Lord? More confident in what you're sensing from the Lord? More confident in how you're experiencing the Lord? More confident in reading the Word of God? More confident. I think right there it says we're supposed to have confidence because if God is going to be for us, who can be against us? That's confidence. It's kind of like there's a bully in the playground. You know, if I stand near the principal, guess who the bully's not going to bother? Me. Because I'm standing next to the principal. Trust me, I knew a thing about bullies. And then finally, ladies, boys, my own little friends, I, I just would pray and ask that you would receive this, this prayer of more than a conqueror, that you want to conquer. Anybody want to conquer more and, 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 and your, in your Christian living? Anybody want to conquer more in your prayer life? Anybody want to conquer more in, in bringing people to Christ? Anybody want to conquer more in your understanding of the Holy Spirit in your life? Anybody want to conquer more in your revelation of the Word of God? Anybody want to conquer more in their life, in, in their thought life, in their prayer life, in their living life? Anybody? And, and, and if that's the case, then I would just pray that those three things would receive. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up right here in good order. Oh, I love you. Let's do this. Please stand.
Jesus from the dead lives and reigns and rules within us. Oh, my gosh, what a game changer. May we walk with that humble confidence, that humble boldness, that love and that grace, but absolutely sure that there is no power on earth, no power under the earth, no power in the heavenly places that can come against us and take away our status of more than conquerors. Why? Because the very conquering spirit lives within us. God, by your power, by your grace, and because of your great undeniable love, will you pour out your spirit upon us, your people, Jesus Lord. Pour out your spirit upon us. Convince us. Make us even more confident. Yes, God, we walk knowing we are more than conquerors. We don't judge that by earthly standards. We know that by the heavenly standards. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust you and we praise all this in Jesus' mighty and holy name. Praise to his death. Amen and amen. Can you give the Lord a praise offering as Adam leads us in worship as we close out? So, uh, but I think you guys might know this song. Water you turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. There's none like you. Into the darkness. Into the darkness you shine.
Bashar, we just pray that you will go convinced that your God is for you. We pray that you will go confident that he goes with you, that he will empower you, that he will enable you, that he will lead you. And we pray that you will go forward living into the truth that you are more than conquerors. Amen? Amen. We hope to see you out for hot dogs and s'mores, but if not, then we will see you next summer. Bayshore family, thank you. You are dismissed.
Shut